Hi, everybody. I hope you can hear me okay. And um, what are we going to do today? So basically, we know that uh, Passover is coming Wednesday, Wednesday night. And there is a few things before that we are doing. And uh, those of you who want to know why mostly I mention Passover and uh, Rosh Hashanah and uh, sound like we're choosing one type of holiday which is more toward Judaism is because I'm a Kabbalist. I'm a master Kabbalist. Those of you who don't know who I am, I'm a master Kabbalist who's dealing with the mystical part of Kabbalah and the education part of Kabbalah. Most Kabbalists choose either education or they master the mystical. I master both. So it's the education part where I'm teaching you. And then there is the mystical part where it's to force in the future, to tell you what to do, how to guide you, coach you. That's more the mystical part. So by Kabbalists, the holiday are not based on religion, they're based on event. And those events that take a place have a foundation and roots in the non-physical universe. So we are relating to the non-physical universe and to the physical universe and to the combination and the channeling between. So sometimes the blockage is in the upper, you need to know how to open it. Sometimes the blockage is in here with you, you need to know how to open it. Sometimes the blockage is in the pipes between the two. So that's basically what Kabbalah is. So for that reason, I'm focusing on Passover, Rosh Hashanah, Sukkot. If you're not familiar with that, it will sound very religious, very Jewish. But if you're familiar with, with that, you will understand that that was the only spiritual practice that was existed the old days. It was no other spiritual practice that was exist before then. You know, with the time, many religions were invented other ideas, and, and I'm not here to teach you that or to guide you on that. Even I know a lot about it because this is, doesn't bring, to my opinion again, not to insult anybody, but it will not bring you what you need for the soul. It might bring you kind of a cool thing to do with more people because after all, how many people celebrate Passover? Uh, five million, six million, it's almost nothing. But if you know what you're doing, then it's worth, worth something. So I would like to take you into beginning of what is Passover from a historical point of view. Last week we did more understanding it, the deepest meaning of Passover. But I want to take you into the event itself, what exactly took place there. So basically Egypt, Pharaoh, people who've been slaves for 400 years. This is a nice story. We cannot relate to the story. Once you relate to the story, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai wrote in the Zohar that you will be cursed. You cannot just read the story of the Bible and enjoy yourself. You have to find out the meaning of everything. So Egypt, Pharaoh, slavery, who is a slave? You and me, we are slaves. Find out before Passover, before Wednesday, where are you slave? What does your slavery look like? Is it anger, jealousy, I don't know, addiction? You find out what it is for you, for every person is different. That slavery, that happening every day, which is in Egypt, it's happening in your body, in your soul, in your spirit. This is your Egypt. Pharaoh is the stubborn guy who lives within us, who doesn't let us go out of Egypt, meaning out of that misery. Now, when we talk about the story that happened in Egypt, we have Moses as the leader, Aaron, his brother, the 70 elderly who are helping Moses and Aaron, and the people of Israel who are slave to the Dark Lord, which the Dark Lord controlling them by giving them free gift and free food so they can stay slave. Basically, the simple form of dependency or addiction. To get out of Egypt is difficult. You don't want to get out of Egypt. Egypt is fun. Pharaoh is great. Who want to leave Egypt? For that reason, we have Passover. Passover is helping us to come in to determine ourselves what's important and what is not. What is real, what is not. And for that reason, if you look at life now, I mean, all these virus bring to people, 
the good and the bad. Unfortunately, there is already 74,000 people who die globally. That's a serious sacrifice. Not small, not big, serious sacrifice for 74,000 people dying. Think about it. That's a bad news. We, we didn't win, we lost. So how can we find good news within it? What's the good news in it? What is the good news? Well, I mean, look at us now. The ego has to be surrendered. We have a difficult time to surrender our ego. What would it take to surrender the ego of a human being? Love, hug, gift, more money, more fame? No. Unfortunately, ego needs to get crushed. When the ego gets crushed, the person wants to make a change. Ten plagues in Egypt, ten plagues on Pharaoh, problem to get the Israelites out of Egypt. All those things are chaos and pain. So much pain. Even if it's so much pain and so much chaos, we are celebrating it when? This Wednesday. What we celebrate? What we celebrate? Did we have a desire to leave Egypt? No! Did we have desire to let go of Pharaoh? No! Did we have desire to get out of chaos? No! So what is the celebration? The celebration that even though we didn't have desire to get out of chaos, we didn't have a desire to change, we didn't have a desire to get better, the Creator took us out of misery and say, you will learn how to become better later on. And that's the 40 years where? In the desert. 40 years in the desert. What does the desert look like? Nothing. There's nothing going on. Everything looked the same when you lost in the desert. Why desert? To build yourself up, to deal with yourself, to know who you are. So when we talk about the virus, what it did to you, the virus? Did you learn to play on guitar? Did you learn to play on piano? Did you learn to make a new dish? Did you learn how to behave better to people? No. Stay longer at the house until you get it. Crush your ego. And then the creator will say, let me get you out of this misery. Don't you want to get out of your misery? You will never develop a true desire to get out of misery. It's impossible to develop that desire. But because Passover is coming, it's giving us enough power to want to create a new me, a better me, and getting out of misery. Remember, new me, better me, getting out of Egypt. You have to remember that. Because if you don't remember that, my dear friend, it will be, those of you who celebrate Passover, it will be just another dinner. It's just another dinner. Nice dinner. Nice with yourself. Nice. But that's not the goal. The goal is change, transformation. And transformation will not happen from you. If you have enough stupid ego to tell yourself that you can get out of your misery on your own, then you continue to be like the stupid slave who never left Egypt. But if you become smart and say, I have no chance to get out of misery. I need the divine. I need the help of the divine. Then you prepare yourself and then the divine will get you out of your problem and misery. Please remember that. You, every ego, it's not bad. It's stupid. It's so stupid. What is the ego? Ego about what? What did you create? What did you do? I don't feel none of us did enough that even equal to what happened 2,000 years ago. Those people used to walk on water, resurrect the dead, cure any disease that happened. <laughs> you have ego a little bit, I understand that. What do we do? Make money, that's a skill. Becoming famous on Instagram, you're beautiful. What did you do on your own? to achieve something that you couldn't achieve before. That's what Passover is about. So before I'm going into more explanation, just want to prepare you. This Passover, we're saying to the ego, listen, my ego is my Pharaoh, my ego is my slavery, my ego is Egypt. If I'm not saying goodbye to my ego, not because the ego is bad, 
Because the ego don't let me see that there is other people around. And for that reason, we've been isolated, all of us from each other. Because everybody think they're better than the neighbor and they're better than the others. Nobody's better. We are all in it together. We are all in the slavery together. But we got to help each other. We got to help each other. And that's really what it's all about. You know, when people ask me, what's the secret of redemption? What's the secret to get out of misery, of any type of misery? I always tell them I need 11 people who ride with me. 11 people who ride with me. Yes, me, with me and my ego. Ride with me, 11 people, loyal 11 people who ride with me, and I promise you any change you want. You know what I did? I reached out to all rabbi, priest, minister. I said, anybody want to teach with me? Anybody, please. Somebody teach with me. I get you a camera here, come. Think anybody will say yes? No. No. But thank God I was blessed with students here in Los Angeles, students all over the world. And you know, I don't need to tell you, the people who've been with me all this time in LA, I mean, who now is doing Passover by themselves, un unbelievable people. If you ever need help or something like this, and you don't want to reach out to me, you can reach out to them, it's the same. They will know as much as I do. Because whoever is next to me for a long time will have the same knowledge and information. So, after I gave you this introduction, it will be way more important than the lecture itself. So those of you who hear the lecture now, it's going to be boring. But those of you who heard the introduction won. Whoever didn't hear the introduction, eh, there's no point to listen to the lecture. So, what happened? What's the next thing that happened? Tomorrow night, tomorrow night is the 13th degree of the moon of Aries. What do we do? We check it. What are we checking? We check in ourselves. We look inside. We cry. We mourn over the missed opportunity, over all those things that I didn't do that I should be doing. And what do we do? We take 10 pieces of bread. And we commit not to eat bread, not to eat yeast, not to eat anything made from flour beside the matzah. And we put 10 pieces of bread in the house, wrapped in plastic or in something, or in paper. And we look for those 10 pieces. Those 10 pieces represent 10 aspects of your ego. If you feel you don't have ego, you don't need to do it. You just throw yourself to the fire instead of the bread, you know? Normally we take the, those bread, piece of bread, and we burn it, like we burn our ego. But if you feel you have no ego, then you have the biggest ego in the world. I'm talking to people who are normal, who know that they have a bit of an ego. So you look, look for those 10 pieces of bread, and when you look for that, you meditate. Wherever you find that piece, you found a different aspect of your ego. And when you find that, you collect those 10 pieces of bread, you keep it for the next morning. The next morning is coming up, you create a little fire, and you start burning those 10 pieces of bread, and you meditate, you're burning the ego that's disturbing you from achieving your goals in life. The only reason you're not achieving your goal, because you're busy with yourself. Either you hate yourself, or either you love yourself too much. Both areas are not balanced. The universe was designed simply to be together with people. But people don't want to understand that. Everybody want to be the boss, and every poor person want to be poor. What do you think, poor person is not a problem? Somebody who make a decision to be poor is worse than a person who make decision to make money. And I hope you understand why. Being poor is not being spiritual. There is an angel. I will tell you the name of the angel right now. Name Naval. N-A-V-A-L. Naval. You know what this angel do? This angel is in charge of being poor. When you feel that you're miserable, you don't have enough money, enough food, poor me, I don't have a job, I don't have this, I don't have that, then angel come to help you to be professional, poor person. For that reason, when you burn that piece of bread, you either burn that desire to be poor, or that desire to be miserable, or that desire to be nobody. Everybody burns something, but that's the ego. So again, the day, tomorrow night, we're checking, Looking inside, we use 10 pieces of bread in the room and we go around in dark, either with flashlight or with candle, and we look for that. It's a symbolized look inside. Then you burn it. 
After you burn it, come the night of the seder. Wednesday night. Wow. What is the seder? I already explained. I'm not going to go into it again. Okay. And then we are receiving all the energy we can achieve. Whatever you want in life. Happening only in the seder. So between when the stars coming, let's say around eight, from eight o'clock till one a.m., in five hours you receive intensity of energy for the entire year. The quality of your life depends on that night. Five hours only. You know what happened after that five hours? That energy is gone. <laughs> the whole study we did was for five hours. Gone. After that energy is gone, it will find you 50 days later. You have to meditate for every day so you can get this energy again and it will stay with you for the rest of your life. So whatever you do in the night of the seder is an energy that will take care of the quality of your life, but that energy is disappear and wait for you 50 days from now so you can receive it. Just think about this technology, how tremendous it is. Unbelievable. So why, when people who did Passover with me and see how excited I am when I do Passover and how I explain everything to everybody and I go around people and I make sure everybody get it, because those five hours, the energy is condensed more than anything you ever felt before. Again, tomorrow night, you check the house, check your ego, burn the ego the next morning, and Wednesday night, Passover, Seder. What do we use? We have four glasses of wine. Why four? So you say like that. While the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, tell us B'nai Sashar, even they were slaves in Egypt, it was four great things about him. First cup, they never changed the first name and the last name. They were not embarrassed with a weird name like Joseph in those days, or Ezra, or Haaron, or Moshe. Can you imagine a name like mine? Every time I have interview on the radio, Eliyahu. Nobody even knows how to say my name, Eliyahu. Or my son, Yehuda. Terrible name, right? The Israelites didn't change the name 4,000 years ago when they were slaves. You should change your name and be more cool, more Egyptian. You can go with Prada maybe. No, they didn't. That's the first cup for. The first cup, they didn't change the name. Sheloshinu Echvotam. How do we know that? They went down as the children of Israel and they get out as the children of Israel. That's how they know they never changed their name. They were not ashamed. Second cup, they didn't forget their language. They spoke the ancient Hebrew to make sure that they speak ancient Hebrew. They continue with that. And that's why the Haggadah, we read it in Hebrew to make sure that we continue that tradition. The third cup, they were able not to cheat on their wife or the wife to cheat on their husband. So they will stick to their partner. That's what the third cup of wine for. What is the fourth cup for? The fourth cup, they never had doubts. The fourth cup, they never have doubts. Even they were slaves for 400 years in Egypt. They never fall into doubt that maybe somebody forget about you. Think about it. <laughs> I mean, you're going on a date and your, your date is not arrived 10 minutes later. You start having doubts. Maybe they change their mind. Maybe. 400 years. I know they promised Abraham they will come and get you. I know Yosef told you that, don't forget my bonds. 400 years. You look at the clock, it's Swiss watch. Hey. Maybe God is kind of having a delay issue. Not even have a question. Now you know why you're drinking the wine. Why the wine? What is a wine? Think about it. 
Wine is a unique thing. In the old days, they used to step on the grapes, humiliate the grapes, put it in a dark place in the, in the basement. You know, it's getting stink and age, and then that humiliated wine, and old wine, is coming on your table. What is to teach you, my friend, about your ego? You crush your grapes, crush your ego. Keep it in dark, nobody know about you. No Instagram picture about your existence. Nobody even know you exist. And then you come on the hand of a king on Passover, because in Passover, everybody becoming kings and queen. That's the wine. It's tremendous. Matzot. What is the matzot for? What does the matzot represent? To understand the matzot, I gave a lecture to my family, and again, Whatever I give to my family, I like to give you. It's a little deep. I will try to do it in 10 minutes and explain it in a simple way. I promise everybody not to be too deep tonight. We know, those of you who study Kabbalah a little bit with me, know that the Malchut, if you know what Malchut is, has two positions. Or maybe I should start with Wednesday. I don't know if you know, on Wednesday, God created the sun and the moon. And the sun represents the Eran Pin, it's a force of this fjord, and the moon represents Malchut. When the two rulers were in heaven, the moon came to God and say, how come there is two rulers and one property? It should be two property and two rulers. God said to the moon, go make yourself smaller, almost like a punishment. And we can't understand this story. Now don't forget, Passover happening when? Wednesday. When was the first Passover when the Israelites left Egypt? Very good, Wednesday. You're good. So you start to understand what important this year is. You know, this year we can finish all the problem. Not just the virus, all the problem. Any problem, if you do it right. I wish I can have you in my house and have all of you in my house. And hopefully we don't need to go through virus that you will develop a desire to be around me. You know, last year we have 60 people who have desire. I'm sorry that we closed the list. We didn't have enough room for everybody. Hopefully, the next event I'm doing openly, all of you, pick up yourself from wherever you are, shake your ego, shake your laziness, jump on the airplane and fly. Just to let you know, for the last three weeks, what do you think, we stop? You know what are we doing? We have a table, plastic out there. We have a Torah scroll. We get it out, Saturday morning, and we read the Torah for everybody. We pray for everybody. And there is few neighbors come out of their home from far and they pray <laughs> together with us. And we're gonna do it again Thursday morning for everybody to pray for all the neighborhood. If you happen to be in the area, we're not gonna let you get physically too close to us. If you wanna be in an area and hear the Torah on Crest, on our street, you're welcome to come, no problem. Let me go back to the matzah. Remember the sun and the moon? The moon makes itself smaller. What does that mean? Try to imagine there is a source of energy that comes to this universe. That source of energy, from now on, we're going to give it a name. It's called Bina. B-I-N-A. Bina. Bina supplies all the energy. To the moon, or to Malchut, if you wish, Bina supply the light that's called light of wisdom. It's a very strong amount of light, high voltage. To the other system called the Eranpin, Bina supply something called Hasadim, light of mercy. Beautiful light, but not as strong as light of wisdom. So now we have two systems. Light of wisdom cannot shine 
without light of mercy. Why? Because light of mercy is almost like a manifestor of light of wisdom. It's almost like the copper wire who revealed the energy of electricity. Electricity will be light of wisdom. The copper wire will be light of mercy. So basically the clothing of the energy is always light of mercy. Simple, right? Very simple. So, what happened? When God or the Creator said to the moon, go make yourself smaller, now the moon or the Malchut has to become smaller. So what does that smaller mean? That the Malchut will no longer receive energy directly from the supplier, Bina. You have a middleman, you have a middle channel between. That middle channel called the Erampin. Now, Malchut receiving from the Erampin. Less amount of energy, but at least there is light. If you receive directly from Bina, there is so much more energy, but it's darkness. What do you think? When it's night, there is no light? There is light. But there is no vehicle to reveal that light. That's why you can't see the light. That's why it's called night. The light of wisdom. Light of mercy is in the daytime. Okay, I hope you understand. Doing the ear, doing the ear, we have light of mercy. Meaning, the bread we're eating, the yeast, the cracker, are all coming from a system called the light of mercy. During Passover, we eat a bread that's called a poor man bread. But people who read the Bible only with a physical understanding, without getting into the commentary and truly understand what's going on, what happened? They don't fully understand. What is a poor man bread? Why do we call it poor man bread? Tell us the Zohar. A poor man bread is mean that you receive the energy, the original energy that was going to the moon, the original energy that was going to Malchut. That's what you were receiving through the matzah. That's what you're receiving to the poor man bread. It's not about being poor. It means that that energy that's coming down, you cannot grasp it. You cannot hold it. You don't have a vessel. You don't have a vehicle. You don't have a container to contain it or to reveal that. And for that reason, that type of energy, it's darkness. Ah. But... There is a time which is not darkness. <laughs> when is it? Very good. The night of Passover and the next seven nights. If you live in the United States, it's eight nights. Eight nights straight, you're receiving that energy. Specifically, of course, in the night of the Seder and then the day after the night of the Seder. You receive that energy, that intense energy, unbelievable energy. Unbelievable energy, you receive that. The original, before the Tzimtzum, before the creation of human being. I'm talking about Wednesday, human beings were created on Friday. That energy is available for you. When you do the set, when you do the meal, when you do all the steps that I explained, the 15 step, now you know why it's 15. You're getting all those levels of energy that you cannot usually receive during the year. You can grasp it during Passover. So now you know why you're eating the matzah. When you're eating the matzah, it's not just a cracker. Those of you who visit Sicily, they also have matzah there. They have bread. Italian bread, Sicilian bread, and then they have matzah. You know how the matzah look like in an Italian restaurant? Like a cracker, like matzah. So don't go after the physical food. Understand what you're doing. You're holding in your hand a vehicle that contains energy that can kill you during the year if you're doing it. That energy is only coming in Passover. 
לחם עוני, פור מן ברד, אור דה חוכמה, לייט אוף וויזדום. You're going back to Wednesday, the original Wednesday, the first Wednesday of creation, where the energy is available. Now, question you should ask, should I be worried? You just explained that God said to the moon, go make yourself small. Should I be worried? We just said that the light of wisdom brings darkness. Should I be worried? As I say, on Passover, there is a shift in the universe. And that shift that takes place through the technology of the plate, what I explained before, the six items, the three matzah, the wine, the food, the consciousness, but specifically the matzah, specifically the matzah for seven days or eight nights. Matzah has within it that power to capture that concept of light. Don't ever forget that, guys. Because if you forget this, then you're going to pass over like dinner. You are receiving energy that you cannot contain during the year. And that's what comes on the night of the Saturday. Now you know. So when the Israelites left Egypt at that night, why were we supposed to celebrate it? Because we never had a desire to change. We never had a desire to make things better for ourselves. Just going to... She was with us here. Didn't have a chance to say hello to everybody. I'll say hello to you in a second. We never have a chance to, to develop that desire. So what the divine with his merciful power did gave us that energy that you cannot receive at any other time. And that energy did two things. Fulfill us with light. Second, burn any ego and any negativity that holds us back. What do you think? When you do something negative, or when you have a desire about something negative, or when you think about something negative, do you think that this thought or action or word is yours? We all do mistake. Remember to separate the mistake from you. You as a human being are perfect. Our choices are not always perfect. Our doing, our thought, our that. But those things are negativity that come to capture us. It's our choice to say no to it. The matzah and the night of the seder has enough light and power in it to burn all negativity, to burn all aspect of ego, to burn all aspect of disease. And I tell you what the Gemara said, the Talmud. The Talmud said that the angel Gavriel revealed on Passover. And you know what the name of Gavriel according to the Chachamim, according to the sages? Anaguf ve'arafu. Anaguf being the one who has uh, plague and the one who has the cure. Gavriel. You know what he does? He comes in the night of the Seder, the entire eighth night, specifically in the night of the Seder, and he's checking if you're asking him to remove the disease from yourself and to bring refuah to yourself, to bring healing to yourself. Who wouldn't ask it in the days like this? My dear friend, I start the lecture tonight by saying 74,000 people die. We are not doing something correctly. Don't beat yourself up, don't punish yourself, don't hate yourself, that's all ego. That's all ego trip. Whatever you hate yourself or you think it's not your fault, ego. There is one thing that we gotta change. I believe, I mean, the number one negative force that exists in the world right now is laziness. I never met more lazy people than I met in the last 10 years of my life. People that they need disease to wake them up to move from the couch to the chair. I never met more, and I'm not judging, I, I hope you understand. I'm not judging you that you are lazy. I'm trying by calling you lazy, is to maybe wake you and you wake your family and everybody around you. Don't, don't go and fight with your family. Just go around and tell people, let's, let's stop being lazy. If there is a lecture of spirituality or any type of lecture, 
What does it take right now to press green and watch it? I'm busy. Busy with what? Try it. Try it with, with me next time. Next time I'm giving a lecture on Zoom or on any lecture I'm giving. And it's for free, right? Vital is for free. So try to see what blocks people from moving themselves and do something about their life. You will realize that this is really bad. The only thing that moves people is fear, disease, problem, no food. How fast were people to go buy a glove and the mask when they hear the disease is coming? The laziest person will already finish Walgreens supply. The laziest. How come? So for survival thing, people go ahead and move because it's the ego govern and the ego controlling them. But for spirituality, for self-developing classes, people are not there. You need to bring some famous star or celebrity, and if they see that there, they say, okay, we've been in the lecture too. Did you study anything? No, but I've been where, where the celebrity went. Why do you have to do it this way? Why don't you think of yourself as the most important person? That's what the Seder and Passover is about. That's what the Matzah is all about. We call it poor man bread. Why poor man? We should call it diamond bread. Wouldn't it sell better if I tell you, hey, did you have your diamond bread today? I'm gonna get, did you have your poor man bread? Ah, I don't want a poor man bread. Ah, poor man, it doesn't sell well. God couldn't think about a better name, matzah. Doesn't sound exciting. It seemed like the PR company of God went off a little bit. It was low budget. No, there is a meaning to it. Poor man bread, meaning, what is the poor man as when he's poor? He's hungry for bread, hungry for money, hungry for more. You have sometimes to put yourself into a situation when you don't have health, when you don't have money, when you don't have love, and that wake you up. You gotta get to a stage of a poor. Lazy person, unfortunately, never get to that stage. Lazy means that you are fulfilled as you are, and for that reason, you don't move an inch. Never become lazy. The worst thing you can do to yourself. Of course, anger, jealousy, and all the other addiction, all of it. But there is few things that make a difference. If I'm giving a class here at 6 p.m., Los Angeles time, it's free on Vital, free on Zoom, free on everything, and that can make your life better, and you didn't even move yourself from the couch to watch it, or your friend, I'm sure that some of you try to call your friend and tell them, hey, Elia was giving a lecture, I think it's worthwhile for you to watch it. If you didn't do it, that's shame on you. That's when you are the lazy. But if you did it and they didn't call, then you have to help them. You have to help people to get out of the laziness before it's gonna be too late. It seems like out there, that negative angel is collecting people now. There is an old gathering in heaven. They're collecting as many people as possible. So wake up a little bit, make some change. I don't care what change you make, any change. Putting the mask, the glove, it's a change. But it's a, it should be a conscious change, not the mask and the glove as, a, as a, something to protect yourself from, from the disease. So it's, it's like to look at yourself and say, how did I get to this place that I have to be in quarantine and glove and mask? How, what happened? What happened? What happened to us, guys? What is that I didn't do? Did I listen to different spiritual people, not just to Eliyahu, other teachers? Maybe they say something that I didn't get. I say, three years ago, those of you who know me, and I say this Rosh Hashanah, those of you who join me. And people called me and said to me, if you knew it's coming and you told us it's coming, why didn't you prevent it? I always say, I'm not a prophet, I'm not God, I'm not angel, I'm not even a spiritual teacher. I'm just translating from the book and telling you what it says. That's as far as I can go. Sometimes, a force has shared with me some information and I pass it on. But it doesn't mean I can do something about it. The only thing I can do about it is to tell people what to do. So I already tell people to get the scroll for disease that we send it to people that work wonderful. You know? The other thing I always say to people, start using that. We, we have it available in Aramaic. You have the seven days of Passover, eight nights of Passover. Start reading it. If you don't read Aramaic or Hebrew, go page by page. Just look at the letter. 
I'm not talking about just looking at them. Look at them and try to connect. Why? About 22 years ago, I met a psychic from Ireland. And she told me, Eliyahu, I feel like you have something special. I said, what is it? Say it's a book. So I show her the book. And she did something I never saw before. She looked at the page. She doesn't read Hebrew or Aramaic or any of this language. And she starts seeing pictures of everything is written there. I knew what it's written there, but there is no way she would know. I was scared a little bit. It's a shame I was too scared of her. And I was maybe younger and was not mature yet. So I was afraid to see her again because she was, how did she know what's written there? But it teach me a lesson that when a person opened their eyes, which is the window to the soul, and just look at the page. And this is my friend, it's Tikkuna Zohar. And Tikkuna Zohar is what Rabbi Shimon Barakai wrote in the cave. What would I ask people? Get one for your car, one for your bedroom, one for yourself to read. Make sure it's surrounded by Tikkuna Zohar. Make sure Tikkuna Zohar is around you, especially in those days. Make sure there is a scroll around you, like I put here in the front of my house. There is a scroll written by one of the greatest people ever live in this generation. In Israel, I have my tzaddik, my righteous Rabbi Shalomo. God bless his soul. So he writes a special scroll. You put it in your wallet. It protects you from the angel. I don't want to say his name. This, those, are, those things are available. Don't be lazy. Pick up the phone, call Debbie, call Vital. You know, tell her, hey, listen, I need to order this Zohar, I need to order also the scroll. Doesn't cost that much. And if you don't have money, we give you a break, whatever it, we can help you with. We want to help everybody to be healthy, to be spiritual, to be good. That's what we are here for. Use us for that. We want to help. We want to help. And by the way, um, for Passover, we good with the people who don't have money. We already taken care of all the people who don't have money and food. We will take care of you for this Passover. So the people sending it donation just for that, we're already good in that area. If you want to send donation for other things, we can receive it from you. But you don't no longer need to send donation for food for other people because we have enough and we will take care of them. So you don't have to worry about it anymore. And we thank you for helping us and sending us money to help other people and other family who cannot afford to have food. So that's the meditation of the matzah. That's the meditation of Passover. That's the meditation of uh, the wine. But I want to share with you a story. As much as there is meditation, there is simplicity to Passover. And you have to remember, when you look at the matzah, the matzah from the time the water touched the flower, there is no yeast. I don't know if you ever made matzah with me. The matzah cannot rise. So for the moment the flower touch the water, you have less than 18 minutes to make it, to put it into the oven and take it out. Meaning that each, the dough itself from beginning to end is 18 minutes maximum. So some part of the dough is only three minutes long. Meaning you're going, you make the dough, you roll it, you make the holes and you put it into the oven. Sometimes it takes three minutes. So we have tradition to do it every year, thank God. I mean, this year I'm not gonna do it because of the situation. But what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna put matzah into the oven, just warm it up as a tradition of memory of baking. But what does that matzah mean? The matzah is very unique Pullman bread. You put it into the oven and it comes the same way that you put it in, it never rise. It shows you being humble. Not like the bread that rises and puffed to become big. From something so small, it becomes so big because it's empty inside. So the universe tried to teach you something in Passover. That you have to be like matzah, flat. Don't let the ego affecting you. Don't let things affecting you. Just be flat. Just be simple. And when you be simple, then a lot of great things can happen to you. Now, I want to share with you a story. The story is one of the greatest Kabbalists named Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Berdichov. And the story is unique. Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Berdichov used to do the seder, 
the night of the Seder with the best matzah, best wine, best food, 500 people always around. Oh, great, great righteous person. But he also talked to the angel because each corner of the, of the table, those of you who know the meaning, as an angel. Angel. And the angel talked to him. And tell him, Rabbi Levi, you did great this Passover, but there is a person who already doing better than you this year. Not it's competition, but his spirituality should be a competition, not in a bad way. A competition to become a better human being. That's what spirituality is supposed to be. Competition, who is a better human being? So he asked him, who is it? He says his name is Itzhak, Isaac. Rabbi Isaac Levy. His profession is a shoemaker. It's not like today, every spiritual leader only does spirituality. In the old days, they used to have profession and spirituality. Like, like me and Debbie, we have vital transformation as a non-profit organization that we offer it free for everybody, but we also work as a coach, as, as, as business coach. You know, we have a job. The same thing, Levi Yitzchak. The same thing, Rabbi Yitzchak, you know, the, the shoemaker. So the rabbi stopped the seder. He looked at the student and said, go look for that great, righteous shoemaker guy. They knock on the doors after 10 minutes, they come back and say, sir, we know in the village there is no Rabbi Isaac, which is a shoemaker, famous guy. So, okay, then I'm not going to continue with the dinner until you find him. They go around again. After 20 minutes, they reach this house. They knock on the door. Woman opened the door. Says, your husband, name is Rabbi Isaac. And he's a shoemaker. She looked at them and said, <laughs> well, he's definitely a shoemaker. His name is Isaac, but he's far away from being a teacher or a rabbi. The student said, we want to see him and talk to him. The woman said, I, you can't. They said, why? So well, he's drunk. He said, drunk? Yeah, he's drunk. So we need to talk to him. They're going in the house, they pour some cold water on his face. He hardly waking up, cannot wake him up. They say, okay, can we take him with us? The wife say, be my guest. <laughs> they carry him to the rabbi. He arrived to the rabbi, they put him next to the rabbi's seat. Which is a big respect. The rabbi wake him up and said to him, Rabbi Isaac, he's shocked that the rabbi calling him Rabbi Isaac. Say, I understand from the angel that you're going to teach me all the secret of your Passover, so I would know how to do Passover like you. The gentleman look at the rabbi's eyes and he tell him, Rabbi, please don't embarrass me. I, I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're saying when you're saying meditation. He said, no, you got to teach me what you did. He said, I can. He said, no, you have to teach us. Why don't you share your secret? He said, because I have no secret. He said, what do you mean? He said, can I talk to you in private? He said, yes. So he let all the students go away. This continues to sit on the table. He said, Rabbi, I'm sorry to disappoint you. You might think of me somebody that I'm not. I'm a shoemaker. I know every year Passover is coming. So I try to make more money this year. So I work hard. So my wife will have new clothes, a little bit better food for Passover, a little bit nicer tablecloth and flour. But I forgot that it's Passover. When I arrived home, I realized it was Passover. I didn't even go shopping for special matzah, for special thing. And I was so disappointed of myself. And when I look at the eyes of my wife, how disappointed she is at me. I took the few bottle of wine, whatever drink I have, and I look at the heaven, and I say, God, listen, I messed up this holiday. It's almost coming in. But I know one thing, God. You get us out of the 10 plagues of Egypt, you're gonna get us out of this plague. And I drank one bottle. Then I took the second bottle, I say, you know God, you get us out of Pharaoh and Egypt, you're gonna get us out of this misery, and I drank another one. 
I take a three, the third one. Say, you know, God, we had ego, and you got us out of the ego, and you're going to do it again. I'm sure about it. And I drink. Then I go to the fourth one. And I say, you know, God, I know I don't deserve to be redeemed. Look at me. I didn't even take a shower. I didn't even get ready for this holiday. But you know what? I know not because I deserve to get out of misery. It's because you are so great, you're going to get us out of it. And I drink another one, and then your student come and woke me up. The rabbi looked at him. And he said to him, my master. See, you call me your master? I'm just a shoemaker. Say, you are. Since the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed 2,000 years ago, it was no human being who could bring all the angels down to earth. It was no human being who could bring the Shekhinah Akdusha. It was no human being who could bring God to our physical existence since you. I'm begging you to give me your two hands and let me dance with you before we continue with the setup. He said, Rabbi, I think I'm the wrong guy. I said, no, no, no. You are the guy. The reason I'm telling you this simple story when you go to Passover on your own, even if you're alone in the house, I want you to dance. I want you to dance. I want you to dance with the angel and tell them to tell God. I know that once you get us out of Egypt and I know you're going to get us out of this misery. To scream it so you never can hear it. To dance so everybody can see you. To be happy. Make sure that you dance on Wednesday night. Make sure that you hold the cup of wine, if you have, or grape juice. If you have a matzah box, make sure you hold it and say to God, I know you get us out of misery one time. I know you get the Israelite being slave and ego and the Egypt and Pharaoh, and I know you're going to get us again. That's a simple meditation you can do, all of you. Whether you're alone or your family or wherever you are. And I hope you heard my lecture tonight. It's a very important lecture. Hope you're going to hear it a thousand times more. Those of you who cannot get the Tikkun before Passover, get it doing this eight night. You don't have to get it tomorrow. But if you get it in any time in the eight night, then you just stay with it. At least for the next six months. You can ask for a miracle. Uh, am I open it for question and answer, Debbie? Sure. I'm going to open it for question and answer. If you want to ask the question, please either write it or either write it, because if you write it, it will make our life uh, easier, because sometimes we can hear you all the time together. So that would be uh, uh, wonderful if you can write it and send us the question. If you cannot write it, uh, try Zoom. And do you get the Zoom in your computer yeah, as well? Like I got it there? All right, so I'm going to wait eight minutes if you have any question. Let me say hello to all the people. Uh, Joe, Polo, Marinda. Uh, I'm trying to say, Karen, I don't know you. Marty, Seventh. I hope I'm saying correctly your name. Va Valerie, Zoyova, iPhone. Lana, how are you, New Jersey? Wonderful. Miriam Andrea Wizintel, I think that's Argentina. Sabrina Sadie, oh my God, I just texted you. I didn't see you for 20 years or something. Wow. Daniel Tinker, God bless you. Happy birthday again. And thank God you are here. Charlotte Meyer, I'm happy that you are free of all the disease and everything. So I have a question. Oh, you have a question? Can I say still hello? One second. And hello to Wendy Driscoll and Sabrina and Lola, Bina, Esti, Nestor, Kazana, and 760 phone call, iPhone. Yes, now I'm taking a question, yes. Where does our responsibility lie and to what extent in motivating lazy people and is there a point we walk away? No, oh, very good, if those lazy people are living with you, you have to be careful because that can create a fight. So you can motivate lazy people who next to you, you have to do it smart. Because sometimes you start motivating people to do something, 
you know, and they don't. For example, if you try to motivate me to clean and to all put the house in order, I'm, I'm, I'm a mess. I, I'm not good in this. I'm very good if you give me a task when it's come to cleaning and ordering the house. So if my wife will give me an order, she rather don't give me because she knows it will become a mess. But if my wife wants me to cook, I'm very good at it. You throw me in the kitchen with no food, I will create something. So you have to be careful with laziness to see who you're dealing with. You know, laziness is the disease of this generation. We all sicken it in one way or another. We just have to push the people for more spirituality, especially men. Men are more lazy than women because men's purpose of life is to do nothing. Women's purpose of life is to do everything. For example, if men and women go to vacation, the women have a schedule of what she's doing. They men have nothing. The call of the men is to do nothing. There's a problem right there. So when it comes to spirituality, you have to make sure that the man is doing spirituality. How many men we have on the call? What, 20%? Include my, me? Showing you something. So why is the women don't pull the ears of the men and say, come and watch the video with me? Watch the video with me, it's good for you. What's the big deal? Just sit and watch and take some note. And that's, it's a problem in our generation. The men was not born in this generation with enough energy. Why? You wanna know why, I will tell you why. When the golden calf took a place, the women didn't take a part in the golden calf in the idol worshiping. For that reason, those women reincarnate to this generation, and the men too. But the women stay aside and they become spiritually automatically. But it's not the goal. The goal of the women is to take the men and shake them a little bit. Hey, listen. You want me to love you, you want me to respect you, you want me to kiss you, you want me to dance with you, you want me to hug you? Spirituality first. You do spirituality, you get benefit. You don't do spirituality, I don't think it's working. Every woman has to understand that. Women, more than men. You are the one who need to push men to be spiritual. If a woman doesn't bring a man with her to every lecture on spirituality, it's something where the woman is not working. She doesn't care enough about that man. Men will usually will not be spiritual without the help of a woman. Either his mother, his sister, his daughter, or his wife. A man with no woman considered not complete. A woman with no man is complete. So that's what the Zohar said, that's why the Talmud said. So you gotta push lazy people to the limit, with no fear. Push them. Can a man push a woman? Again, you have to do it smart. I'm not gonna just teach you how to text it or how to say it. It's not about the result. We are not here to do PR for Eliyahu or PR for spirituality. That's not the goal. The goal is to help people. And if people get information and knowledge, their life get better. It's not about how many people come for the lecture. That's not the goal. Even if one person comes to the lecture, it's good. But it's how many people are we affecting to have more spiritual life? That's the goal. Is there any question? So who's gonna dance for Wednesday night? <laughs> whoever knows how to dance. Yeah, whoever knows. You don't have to know how to dance to dance, by the way. Yeah, we, we all have a hello from Venezuela. We're sending love to Venezuela here. That everything's gonna be okay there. I just get a call from there and just a text that we have to pray. There's problem everywhere right now. Right now we need to pray mostly New York has a lot of lost. New Jersey, Michigan today, of course California, uh, Florida a little bit, London, we have to pray for the vice president of London. Every time you see a leader of a country who is taking care of the country, that means God chose him to be a leader, good or bad, doesn't matter. So we always have to pray for the leader to make better choices because they become the kings and the queen of that country. So he went to hospital, the leader of London, okay? And we see other leaders that are, start working, they start, you know, lowering the sleeve and start giving back to the community, no more ego. We all gotta do that, my friend. We all gotta do that. You know, we all gotta do that and hopefully, my, my dream, my desire, my passion, if you want to know my passion, when all this is going to go, and it will go away eventually. Astrologically, if you really want to know, we're talking about some tough time right now. And it's going to get better, and then May 15 again, and then by 
June, it should be balancing itself and get better. So my desire that when everything's gonna go okay is I want Vital to do an event and I wanna see all of you there. We're gonna do an event in New York, event in Florida, and event in Los Angeles. One of those events, you have to be there. You have to be in one of those events. And if we're gonna do one in Europe, you have to be there if you're from Europe. We wanna give you, the purpose for us is to give you spirituality, to give you information, to give you knowledge, just pick yourself up and come. Very simple. Make sure you get Tikkunazor, the scroll. If you want more education, you can get my book, The Laughing Billionaire. It's on Amazon, you don't have to get the paper book. You can just get the audio or the, or just the book. Thank you very much. I don't see there is more question. God bless you. Happy Passover. I will try to do some video on, on Facebook. So try to follow me on Facebook because Wednesday I'm going to have Passover. And then till Monday, we'll see what we're going to give you online because we want to give you as much as we can. And if you know people who don't have food for this Passover or they have issues, uh, we have donation from wonderful people here in LA who give us enough money to take care of people. So just let us know so we can help more and more people. Thank you for your kind donation. Thank you for my students in Los Angeles. Thank you for my students all over the world who are helping in such a way so we can help thousands of people. Thank you.